Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Now, here's your host, Jenny Earhart. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. We are so happy that you're joining us today. It's not quite Valentine's Day, but that doesn't matter in our studio, does it, Nick? No, it does not. you got to be ready to make those ladies happy uh, all right, the time, right, guys. Right, guys? Come on. Yeah, and ladies, too. Making your, make your man happy, you know? This right, is the right. love episode. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. It's the love episode. We got some advice, and we got some chocolate. Oh, I like both of those things. Right? That's what we're going to be talking about today. We have got all kinds of interesting things to cover in the show today, but we are just so happy to be in our new Southern Sisters studio right here in the Battery at SunTrust Park. We encourage you guys to come by and visit us. Yes, absolutely. Send us an email. Let us know. We can schedule a time to meet you out here and show you around. we got a very cool studio, glass walls. It's a little like being in a a fishbowl. A little bit, Mm -hmm. but but I like it. I I like it, too. I like being able to see out. And people see us make radio yeah. magic happen. Right? You can, you can come and we've got some cushy chairs out here. You can sit and watch us doing the show. It's extremely cool. Yeah, it but it is cool. a little bit like me and animals in a zoo. <laughs> a little bit, but you, you know, know how, it's okay. And sometimes okay. the monkeys behave very badly. We won't throw anything at We're you. We're not going to throw anything <laughs> disgusting at you. We promise. They may throw it at us, though, Nick. Who right, knows? They might. They might. Depends we on might whether the show's choco- We might throw some chocolate at you. Ooh, that is appropriate for today. Mm-hmm. You know what we're going to talk about today on the show? We're going to talk about Valentine's Day, but it's more than just that. We're going to talk a little bit about the history. We are going to talk a little bit about great love stories over time. Oh, wonderful. Some of the best all-time love stories. We're going to talk about things to do if you don't feel like going out on New, on uh, on Valentine's Day. I almost said New Year's. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, the, the fireworks some... <laughs> are still going on. I need some chocolate. Even more so on, on Valentine's Day. Let's right? Let's be fair. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Different kind of fireworks. Right. right? Different kind <laughs> altogether. It's a different animal. So we're going to talk about that and some of my very favorite chocolate recipes. Okay, some that take a little bit of work to prepare, nothing difficult, and some that are just complete no brainers. I like with it up in just no time at all. I like those. Us guys like those easy ones, right? I'll tell you what I like on this, and that'll be the last segment, our fourth segment. I got a chocolate martini. Oh, yes, yes, you heard me correctly. Awesome. A chocolate martini. I like that. Hello. Come to me. <laughs> I should have brought one to the studio. Oh, right. Well, two. You know, two for one for me. One for one you, for one you. For <laughs> I know. Fun. Yeah, martini for two, there for sure. Go. Well, guys, what's what we're going to do? You know what? You may be asking yourself, what is the history of, uh, of Valentine's Day? Mm. Where did it even come from? You know, a yeah. ho- basically a holiday dedicated to love. Right now, in today's context, Valentine's Day means candles, hearts, romantic dinners. You know what I mean, guys and girls. But some people might wonder, when did Valentine's Day start and when did it become like a celebration of love? It turns out the answer is, like most answers, a little tricky. Let's to be honest, no one really knows for sure. Don't you love that answer? Right. (laughs) Some uh, some historians date Valentine's Day all the way back to the Roman festival of Lupercalia. Back then, it was more about people drinking too much and pairing off than it was about love. So basically, Valentine's Day has its root in a frat party. Right. 
I will say, though, it seems a lot of these holidays seem to be something rather debaucherous. Isn't this the that truth? That we have taken and kind of cleaned up. We cleaned it up. A little bit. Yes, we did. <laughs> Typically, the church gets a hold of those pagan festivities. Right. You know, takes all the fun out of it. No, <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. That That is what happened here, though, because even though it was about debauchery and not necessarily about love, Pope uh, Galatius I got a hold of it made the festival of Lupercalia a Christian holiday, and then he made everybody put some pants on. Okay. Or their togas back on. Or, or their togas back on, whatever you want to look at it. So you may also ask yourself, okay, I get that, but where did St. Valentine come into it, who was a real person? Well, for that matter, we aren't quite sure about that. But one answer is that the 14th century writer, Geoffrey Chaucer, right, who did Canterbury Tales, he wanted to create his own festival of love. Right? Okay. So he wanted one that took place in the early spring, and St. Valentine at the time was recorded to have died on February 14th. So he got the honor. He didn't really do anything to deserve it, I don't guess. You know what? It's all right. You know, anyway, I do like Valentine's Day, but you know, Earl and I have a little thing we kind of been doing. We don't go out on the 14th. Oh, no. No. If we want to go out, we do it on the 13th. Or the 15th. Right. You know, and then absolutely. the 14th is more just hunker down, stay home, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I kind of like that about it, right? <laughs> and it takes a lot of the stress out of it, right? Right, because you don't want to be stressed out when you're trying to express your love. It's like, I love you. Get out of my way. Like, right, right. No, right. No, no, we don't want Are you that. not ready yet? <laughs> We're going to miss our reservation now. That's just too much stress. It needs to be about calm and love and relaxation. Yes. Oh, yes. But do you know, there might actually be a little, uh, well... This is unromantic, but science involved with the whole concept of love. What do you think about that? As romantic as I like to think Valentine's Day is, and as romantic as love in general is, there may be more to it than that. I know. Are you envisioning test tubes and science goggles? Remember those nasty goggles you had to wear in school when oh, you were doing yeah, science no experiments? Fun. All right. Well, we're going to be back in just a couple of minutes, folks, and we're going to talk a little bit more about, yes, the science of love. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. I do love that song. Why don't they make songs like that anymore? Lots of reasons, Jenny. You know, well, I suppose so. Roller coaster of love. Am I just getting old that I'm, I'm, I'm turning into one of those people that says, they just don't make music like that anymore? <laughs> I will say, I agree with you, though. You know, I like that song. It's right. a good little groove. Yeah, we were talking earlier about this, you know, Captain and Tennille. Oh, yeah. Muskrat love. They don't write songs like that anymore. Well, like I said, there's a lot of different reasons for that. Well, but that may be a good thing. It might be a good thing. I don't know. Oh, my word. But I know I do love the uh, roller coaster of it love. It is a good song. That is so awesome. Okay. I was telling you earlier, there might be a little science involved with love. Right. And I hope I'm not taking some of the romance out of this holiday by kind of disclosing to you guys that it may not necessarily all be about just, you know, common attraction. Oh. Right. Okay, so, you know, when you have a fancy for someone, I like that phrase. I've got a fancy for someone. This is a a nice We don't talk that. We should talk more like that, Nick. (laughs) You know, I talk about Earl. I've got a fancy for him, right? (laughs) But what does love do to your brain chemicals? Have you ever thought of that? 
it's not romantic necessarily, but you know, it's it's actually quite factual. There's something okay? going on up there, right? And is falling in love just nature's way of keeping our species alive? That's oh. definitely not romantic. No. We call it love. Okay? It feels like love, but the most exhilarating of all human emotions is probably nature's beautiful way of keeping the human species alive and reproducing. Okay? Now, with an irresistible cocktail of chemicals, our brain entices us to fall in love. We believe we're choosing a partner, but we may merely be the happy happy victims of, you know, like nature's diabolical plan. (laughs) And guess what? It's not what you say. You know how that moment when you see someone across the room, you want to meet them, right? And you're thinking, what do I say? Oh, yeah, that's the hardest thing. Right? You don't want to mess it up. No, you don't want it to be a cheesy pickup line. You know, women can spot that a mile away, guys. Mm -hmm. Remember that. I find just an honest... Something honest and open is best. Usually. No funny little line, right? But psychologists have shown that it takes between 90 seconds and four minutes to decide if you fancy someone. Okay? You know how? Research has shown that it has little to do with what is said. Rather, 55% of it is through body language. Got that? 38% is the tone and speed of their voice. And only Sense. 7% is through what they actually say, the words they're using. Okay? If you're not clicking with some guy, it doesn't matter what he says. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? It, yeah, no, that, you you're, you're right. That's a good point, though. A lot of times when you, you know, they, we always joke about yeah. love at first sight. Right. Maybe there's some truth to that. There, it might be. Maybe. It might be. There are three stages of love. Were you aware of that? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Helen Fisher of Rutgers University, right, has proposed three stages of love. Lust, attraction, and attachment. And each stage might be driven by different hormones and chemicals. Okay? This is very scientific. Scientific. <laughs> it's very scientific. So the first stage is lust. And this is the first stage of love. And it's driven by the hormones testosterone and estrogen, which are in men and women, right? That's the first stage. I don't think that requires too much explanation. No. Okay. Stage two is attraction. Now, this is the amazing time when you are truly love struck and you think of little else. Scientists think the three main neurotransmitters are involved in this stage. Adrenaline, dopamine, and serotonin. Oh. Now, adrenaline, the initial stages of falling for someone, activates your stress hormone, increasing your blood levels of adrenaline and cortisol. This has the charming effect that when you unexpectedly bump into your new love, you start to sweat, or your heart starts to race, or your mouth goes dry. Okay. It's from those chemicals. Oh. Now, dopamine. So it's not just because I'm really awkward. <laughs> no, you're not <laughs> awkward at all. No, there's nothing you can do about this. It's You're wired this way. Now, dopamine. Helen Fisher asked uh, newly, she, she did an experiment, basically, is what she did. She asked newly love-struck couples to have their brains examined and discovered that they have high levels of the neurotransmitter dopamine. This chemical stimulates desire and reward by triggering an intense rush of pleasure. It has the same effect on the brain, believe it or not, as taking cocaine. Wow. Which I have not done, so I have no comparison. to. Yeah, but imagine (laughs) that. Fisher suggests that couples often show the signs of surging dopamine, increased energy, less need for sleep or food, okay? 
You know, you're so in love, you just can't think about eating or sleeping, right? Focused attention, right? And exquisite delight in even the smallest details of this new relationship. You know what I'm talking about? That infatuation. Yes. Oh, yes. Over, I, and I find that that focused attention, you know, you analyze everything they say. Mm-hmm. Okay, girls, you know what I'm talking about. He texts you and then you're like, you show it to your girlfriend. No, what does he mean by this? What does he say? What He said it this way, not that, you know, that way. What does that mean? Okay. <laughs> you girls do that? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, no. We're weird creatures. <laughs> Serotonin. Finally, serotonin. One of love's most important chemicals that may explain why when you're falling in love, your new boy or girl keeps popping into your thoughts. How about that? Now, does love actually change the way you think? It does. A landmark experiment, right, once showed that early love, the attraction phase, really changes the way you think. Okay, Dr. Donatella Mazzardi, a psychiatrist at the University of Pisa, advertised for 20 couples who'd been madly in love for less than six months. She wanted to see if the brain mechanisms that cause you to constantly think about your significant other were related to the brain mechanism of obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay, by analyzing blood samples from the mates, Dr. Mazzardi discovered that serotonin levels of new boyfriends and girlfriends were equivalent to the low serotonin levels of obsessive compulsive disorder patients. Wow. Love crazy. (laughs) You know that Beyonce song, Crazy in Love? Oh, yeah. This is, see, this is what I'm thinking she's talking about. OCD? A little bit. No, no. Well, not necessarily makes you OCD, but the same sort of chemical process that's going on in the minds of OCD patients is going on in that that initial infatuation phase of love. That's crazy. How about Uh that? (laughs) Oh, my word. Now, the attachment phase. This is always very, I think this is the sweet phase. Attachment is the bond that keeps couples together long enough for them to have and raise children. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) scientists think there might be two major hormones involved in this feeling of attachment, which is oxytocin and vesipressin. All right. It's also known as oxytocin is also known as the cuddle hormone. The cuddle hormone. <laughs> I think that's sweet. Yeah. The cuddle hormone. That's true. So oxytocin is a powerful hormone released by men and women, and it probably deepens the feelings of attachment and makes couples feel much closer to one another. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So particularly during moments of intimacy, that hormone is what is typically released and is very strong. It's also a similar, it's very similar to the effect that um, the surge of hormones, the oxytocin that mothers experience after giving birth, it actually is what sort of facilitates that bonding with your new baby. Wow. It's a very powerful thing. Hmm. How about that? That's crazy. I think, think I have just the... successfully taken all of the romance <laughs> out of love. <laughs> But my job for the rest of the show, folks, is going to be to turn put the love right back into oh, Valentine's Day. Yes. <laughs> okay, so now we know why we fall in love, right? We mm-hmm. know the, the the nuts and bolts, the yeah. science of it, right? right? And what do you do once you're in love? Oh, it's if, a little bit harder. Yeah, I don't know if science can help us with that, right? But I've got some good ideas. And for those of you that don't want to go out for Valentine's Day, right? You don't want to get out in the crazy world, right? I got some stay-at-home ideas for you. You stay tuned. We'll be right back.
welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio show. Oh, I did love that song. Best of my love. Once again, they don't write them like that anymore. <laughs> they do not. They uh-uh. do not. They really don't. I just, Man. there's so many great songs. Who were you saying we should have selected for this show? It was, um, was it Marvin Gaye? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Marvin yeah. Gaye. Barry White. That would be another oh, good one. Wow. Right? Yes. Kind of romantic songs. Yes. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not getting out in the crazy on the 14th. No. No. no one should. You should stay as far away nope. as possible. Earl and I are going to hunker down at home and wait for the apocalypse to pass. <laughs> the Valentine's apocalypse. <laughs> it's a little crazy in the restaurants, right? A, a, a little? Yeah. Well, I, I know for a fact I tried, uh, it was maybe two years ago, tried to get uh, reservations. I called too late, tried to get reservations at Canoe for Valentine's Day. Mm. They said they could seat me at 1045. Um, how about no? No. How about no? <laughs> we can seat you at 1045, but remember, we do close at 11, so you're <laughs> right. going to have to hurry up and get out. <laughs> We're just going to throw your food at you. <laughs> get in and get out. <laughs> well, if you don't feel like going out to, uh, on Valentine's Day, I've got some ideas. Southern sisters have Ooh. some ideas. Basically, these are some fun stay-at-home ways to spend the evening. A little romantic, uh, you know, get-together for the two of you. Okay, and some of them are a little bit silly, but I think they're fun. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's the best. It's a little too much seriousness seriousness in life. If you're really in uh, love, you can be silly. Well, I I agree, right? (laughs) Without judgment. You know, I love to make homemade pizzas at home. We do this a lot. What about making a heart-shaped pizza on Valentine's? Why not? Okay. Good idea. Seriously, you have to take a picture and Instagram it if you do. Yes. Okay. So have take out in lieu of, have take in, excuse me, in lieu of take out. So make your own dough in the shape of a heart. Create a pizza with all your favorite toppings. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. Like if Earl and I did that, my side would have pineapple on it. (laughs) And his side would have pineapple nowhere near it. (laughs) He doesn't even like it if a little piece of my pineapple gets onto his side of the pizza. It's not good. <laughs> so there's one idea. How about doing everything by candlelight? Okay, oh, these are yes. right. Okay, so dim the lights and spend your evening surrounded by candles. Everything is more romantic by candlelight. Even the mundane tasks. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Turn the That's come on, when the, when the power goes out and you turn the candles on, it's just fun. How about creating your own at-home spa? Spend the evening just pampering each other. There's no reason to spend like a fortune, the sound of that. right? Have a dance party. Just the two of you. Now, dancing is fun when you're at parties, but how many of us actually dance at home? You know? Not enough of us. Turn on the music, right? Get yourself some good funky, you know? (laughs) Spunky music. Turn it up and have a dance party, just the two of you. Or a romantic slow dance. It's just so so wonderful. Yeah, a little bit of both. Get that little oxytocin kind of going, right? The hormones. The cuddle hormone. (laughs) The cuddle hormone. (laughs) How about staying in and dressing up? Okay, this is kind of fun. Don up your fanciest duds. Have a nice dinner. Do it in, just for the two of you. Oh, that's a good point. Imagine that dressing up just for your significant other. That's cool. For nobody else. That's yeah. true, because most of the time you get home, and what do you do? You throw on the sweats and the baggy yeah. shirt, and you yeah. just hang out yeah. on the couch. You're not necessarily showing your best side, <laughs> you know? How about whip up some fancy drinks? Now, if you guys stay tuned for the uh, the second half of the show, we're going to talk about a, a chocolate martini Ooh. that's outstanding. So some fancy drinks for the two of you at home. Maybe playing a game together. Yeah. Even a board game. There you go. You could, liven, you could think of some ways to liven that up. Yes, you can. <laughs> We won't share those on the No, we will not do that. No. (laughs) Moving right along. How about digging out your old love notes if you ever sent those to each other? Oh, that's a great idea. I have some of those. Those are fun to go back and read those together. Maybe watching a romantic movie together. It's always a great one. I'm back to the heart-shaped thing. Anything heart-shaped in terms of food is kind of fun. (laughs) Everything's more fun if it's It's heart-shaped. What about an indoor picnic? 
I used to call this a <gasps> carpet picnic. Wow, that's a good... I would have never thought about Throw that. Throw the blanket down, get that's yourself a bottle of wine, put on the movie, snuggle, you know, make it make it fun. That's great. Rather than sitting at the table. Yeah. I love that idea. How about, um, oh, well, this is kind of a fun one. Oh. Make out like teenagers. <laughs> okay, now let me qualify this yes. by saying, you know what I'm, ta- I'm talking about? If you do this, folks, if you, if you couples out there want to make out like teenagers, you got to do it the authentic old way. You got to go outside and sit in your car in the driveway. And then you got to have somebody in the house. You got to have somebody in the house flashing the lights <laughs> like your mother used to do. <laughs> Admit it. You know, you Spot know what on. happened to you. Spot on. Yeah. My mother used to flash the front porch lights. <laughs> it's time to come in. What are those kids doing out there? <laughs> so there you go. How about that? I love Simple, that. Simple. Stay at home. And quite frankly, none of these things are expensive. So you keep oh, it. You keep it in the budget. Nice and easy. Right. I like all of that. I I, us guys. We need that. We you need, need some easy, ideas. Easy, right? But knock them out of the park. Still. I feel sorry for a lot of guys because I think that this holiday puts a lot of pressure it on does, them. It does a little bit. Yeah. But you're here for us. Mm. I think. I think this one might be one of your more male focused shows. You think Giving so? us the right kind of tips to make well, you ladies happy. This, you know, according this to our demographics, forty nine percent of our listeners are male, and all of them are much smarter now. <laughs> they are. Now you guys know. <laughs> Do you need some suggestions? Some more tips? We're going to post some of these on the website, guys. You want to email us and ask us your opinion about some of these things? Email us, girls too, at radio at southern sistershome.com We will be right back with some of the greatest love stories of all time. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. Oh, I just love these old romantic, you know, we're definitely focusing on the 70s today. Yeah. yeah. The only one thing I will say, though, is um, the word love was used a lot more in some of this older music mm-hmm. compared to now. It's, you know, a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Let's get. Let's hook up. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's a little bit more about let's get freaky these days. Let's get freaky. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't know. Just it's not okay. the same. It's not the same. It's, it's okay. It's I okay. love this retro throwback throwback kind of stuff, yes, though. I really it. do. Well, you know what? I know you guys sit around thinking, who were the greatest lovers of all time? What are the greatest love stories of all time? Well, there are many, right? We paired them down to just a few that are particularly interesting, actually. So during this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about who those famous love couples were. You may have your own opinions about this. And you may think of some that I have not thought of, right? Let's start with Grace Kelly and Prince Rainier, the third, okay? Now, Grace Kelly, if you have you ever seen the movie Rear Window? Have you ever seen I've that? I've heard of it. Okay, I have not seen it. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. That was the first time that I saw Grace Kelly act in a movie. Was up for that man. It's a great, great um, movie. They actually did a, a a remake. Well, not really a remake. They did a movie. Did you ever see Disturbia? I've another one I've heard of but not seen. Disturbia is like a modern day. It's sort of a take on Rear Window. The whole concept is that it's a, a somebody who's laid up in their house with a broken leg or can't leave the house for some reason, mm. and he's just observing everything out the back mm. window. Anyway, Grace Kelly, and um, I'm trying to think of who 
Who was hmm. in that with her? What was the name? Jimmy of the Stewart. Movie again? Rear window. Rear window. Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart starred that she was a gorgeous, just American movie star. But Grace Kelly, she was actually an Academy Award winner. How about that? She was also a fashion icon. Well, Rainier the, the third, Prince Rainier, was the Prince of Monaco. The two of them met at the Cannes Film Festival in 1955, right? And Rainier was soon very smitten by Grace Kelly. They were married a year later, and Grace Kelly became the Princess of Monaco, and also became very well known as a as a philanthropist. You know, as if she wasn't already the envy of mm, girls everywhere. Right. <laughs> she was gorgeous. She was the Amer- beautiful blonde American, all American girl actress who literally married a prince. Wow. It's like Cinderella. Yeah. And I remember seeing a documentary about her one time about her voyage to Monaco when she left America for the, you know, for the last, I'm sure she came to visit, but it's later, but when she actually packed up and moved to Monaco to marry the prince, they took a, they took a ship over there, this long, you oh. know, ship, it was a ship voyage. Yes. Wow. And uh, it was just a very big, very big deal. A lot of Americans. It's like your modern day. Well, I was going to say Kardashians, but she's a lot classier. (laughs) So another famous couple, famous love story. How about John and Abigail Adams? Okay. Let's go with a little American history here. John and Abigail Adams, she was formerly Abigail Smith, knew each other their whole lives. But it wasn't until they were older that they realized that there was something more. Right. John was attracted to her love of reading, her wit and her outspokenness, which was a rarity for women at that time. Now, luckily for John, the feeling was mutual and the two married in 1764. The couple remained devoted to each other, even while John was in Philadelphia trying to build, you know, a new nation. (laughs) Oh, that's all. (laughs) Just no, no big deal. Right. And Abigail stayed in Massachusetts to take care of the farm. Their love letters provide a fascinating insight into the Revolutionary War, as well as their relationship. It also provided inspiration for the musical 1776. Right. How about that? Yep. Indeed. I actually, I think we actually learned about the relationship that John and Abigail had when we were in school. Oh, yeah. That's like something that history books yeah. even talk about. That's right. I know. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful love story. There's, a, you know, there's a quite a number of beautiful love stories uh, back during the Revolutionary War period. Mm-hmm. You know, it's particularly in the wars, the war periods, even in the Civil War. Yeah. Um, you know, because the le- there was a lot of letter writing going on when the men went off to war. Right. That's the one thing I think that some of us even take for granted. It's hard, you know, if you have somebody who's gone overseas, but right. at least now you can either call them or even Skype them Skype and them. see them right now versus then no. you send a letter and it took a month, month and a half to hear back. That's right. It and did. So you didn't know if they got it or no. if they were dead or what? No. My yeah. father served two, uh, three tours in Vietnam. So he was gone for three years, one year at a time on three different occasions. And that's how they communicated. My mother would write him letters. And I remember she had boxes, boxes of letters stacked up that he would write back to her. And just so precious. How about Jackie and Rachel Robinson? Oh, yeah. Jackie Robinson. He was the first African-American professional baseball player. But it's hard to be a trailblazer without a solid support system. And fortunately for Jackie, he had his wife, Rachel. The two met while students at UCLA and were married five years later. Now, amidst the racism that they endured, the couple vowed to make their home a safe haven for themselves, right? And their three children. Jackie himself said it best. When they try to destroy me, it's Rachel who keeps me sane. Rachel went on to be the director of nursing at the Connecticut Mental Health Center and continues to keep her late husband's legacy alive. That's outstanding. That's beautiful. That's awesome. I love that. How about Annie Oakley and Frank Butler? 
Okay. Frank Butler was a renowned sharpshooter. He hosted a contest to see if any local shooter could beat him. I love the story. He laughed when he saw the young five foot nothing Phoebe Ann Mosey holding a gun. But sure enough, she wound up beating him in the contest. They fell in love and the two were married the very next year. Right. Okay. Now, Phoebe Ann took on the stage name Annie Oakley and became America's first female star. Thanks to the Buffalo Bills Wild West show. That's awesome. She was something else. <laughs> I she didn't was a good it. shot. It was the contest, and then she ended up marrying and falling yeah. in love with the guy who ran it. That's awesome. I know. That's I love cool. these strong women, you know, coming in there and beating the men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about Queen Victoria and Prince Albert? Now, though they were first cousins... Okay, that's a little weird. Again, you know, stay with me. This was pretty common in that time period. The two didn't actually meet until Victoria was 16. Royal politics encouraged that the two should marry, and Victoria actually started to enjoy his company. She proposed to him. How about that? Really? Yeah, because as a queen at that time, no man could propose to her. And the two enjoyed a passionate marriage. In her diary, she wrote, without him... Everything loses its interest. He died at age 42, and the morning Victoria wore black for the rest of her life. Queen Victoria, for more than 40 years after her husband passed, she wore black. Yeah, how about that? It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's sad, but that's, you know, that's an intense love. For it is sure. a very intense Absolutely. love. Absolutely. Wow. How about George Burns and Gracie Allen now? When vaudeville was fizzling out, it was hard for most acts to make the transition to radio and TV. Yet legendary comedy team Burns and Allen found success in vaudeville, radio, television, and film. While touring together, George fell in love, even though Gracie was engaged to another man. Uh-oh. Oh, my word, right? That all changed at a Christmas party when George said, marry me or we're breaking up the act which made gracie cry she had this revelation you're the only boy who ever made me cry and i decided that you should make if you should make me cry i must really love you she married george instead and their marriage and career lives on in history they were married a long time wow long long time how about how about johnny cash and june carter oh yes that is a Absolute lovely classic. Good American love story. Before being together romantically, music icons Johnny Cash and June Carter performed together for years. Whenever they were both on stage, you could feel the chemistry a mile away. She helped him move past his addiction to amphetamines and barbiturates, and their friendship blossomed into a romance. Johnny proposed to her on stage during a performance at the London Ice House, and they were married in 1968. When asked to describe Paradise in Six words Johnny Cash said this morning with her having coffee. Oh. Okay. My, I will say my heart's on the floor. <laughs> I will say the one thing though, the watching the uh what was the name of the recent movie that came out about his life? Uh, Wasn't it Walk named the line Walk the or, Line? Yeah, that that's that, um Reese Witherspoon. Yes. I think the one biggest thing to gain from that is that Johnny Cash was a man who'd seen a lot, hard yeah. man, yeah. rough man. Yeah. But man, she she was the only one in this world who could make him melt. I know, right? Oh wow. Yeah, he loved her. They yes. loved each other. Yes, they it's a did. great it's a great love story. It's a good movie as well. Okay, we have to get to it. Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlton Heston called Ronald and Nancy Reagan the greatest love affair in the history of the American presidency. 
The two met when she was working a working actress, and he was president of the Screen Actors Guild. They dated for three years before tying the yacht, and they never lost that spark. Even when he was president of the United States, they were often spotted being affectionate and doting, both in person and in letters to one another. Ronald once wrote, Whatever I treasure and enjoy, all would be without meaning if I didn't have you. Oh, Ronnie, you old softy. And I will say that's something us guys, we tend to forget is it's not that day and age anymore, but we should write yeah. our, our sweethearts love letters a little, a little more letter. often. You know, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a love email. Right. A little love post-it even. A post-it. Oh. <laughs> Just don't ever break up with somebody in a post-it. Oh God, no. Oh, that's a throwback terrible. to Sex in the City. <laughs> How about Bonnie and Clyde? Mm. Right, a, a, a love affair that ooh kind of kind of went down in flames, <laughs> so to speak, or bullets. It right. went down in bullets. <laughs> when Bonnie Parker met Clyde Barrow in 1930, it was love at first sight. Bonnie was 19 years old with a husband in prison. She got married at 16, but hey, cheating on her husband isn't the worst thing she ever did. That's putting it mildly. (laughs) Bonnie and Clyde would go on to become notorious criminals responsible for several police officer deaths and committing robbery all across Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, New Mexico, and Louisiana. The two were killed in a police ambush in 1934. Not much is known about their actual relationship other than their playful photographs and of their dying wish to be buried together. Also, also creepy. I will say it's a little odd that that's been romanticized so much in our Mm -hmm. history. I mean, let's be fair. They were both kind of scumbags. Kind of kind of nasty people. They they killed a lot of people. I don't know why it is that people sometimes tend to romanticize. They did it with, you know, Billy the Kid. Right. And just other. I don't know what that's about. Right. I don't know. How about Cleopatra and Mark Antony? (sighs) Not to be confused with Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. (laughs) Although you can confuse them if you want. It's like because the worst love story in the history of ever, ever. Right. A lot of bad things happen. Well, <laughs> let's cover it here. OK. Cleopatra and Mark Antony are another classic case of love at first sight. The Egyptian pharaoh married Antony in 36 BC, much to the dismay of Antony's home, Rome. Now, Egypt's growing power was troublesome to many. And Antony's rival, Octavius, hated it most of all. He was the great nephew of Caesar, who Caesar adopted as his son and heir. Now, Caesar also happened to be Cleopatra's ex. That's very complicated. And Octavius was furious of Anthony for being in his adopted father's spot. It's like a soap opera. Right. Right? Egyptian style. Very Roman bad. style. <laughs> Octavius declared war on Antony in 31 BC. The couple's story ended in true Shakespearean fashion. Right. No wonder Shakespeare wrote a play about them. (laughs) Antony stabbed himself with his sword after mistakenly hearing Cleopatra had already done the same. He was brought to Cleopatra and died in her arms. She was captured by Octavius and, as legend has it, died by applying an asp or a snake Mm. to her chest. Oh, it ain't pretty. Yikes! It's not pretty. Crazy, crazy, crazy. You know what? I, my my love story is is actually just you know less dramatic. <laughs> I think I think we all want a less dramatic love story. I don't want to be bit by snakes or <laughs> die in a hail of bullets. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Oh, you met you met Rebecca at work, mm-hmm. right? Yes, I did. A lot of great love relationships start in the workplace. Yes, they do. Right? I met Earl at a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that look across the room kind of thing. <laughs> you know, you feel the earth move. That's all it takes. Hormones start raging. Yeah, yeah. that's why it happens. It's <laughs> 
unscientific as it we is. now know, right? <laughs> well, guys, you found your you found your boyfriend, you found your girlfriend, you've got that special evening planned. You're only missing one thing: chocolate. Oh, yeah. That's the next segment, guys. We're going to be talking about our favorite uh, Valentine's chocolate dishes. And they're quite easy. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Southern Sisters radio program. I just had to let that one play. There was no good way to cut cut her off. You can't. Uh uh-uh. uh. I love the Captain Tennille. Yeah. We don't have enough bands out there where members wear like sailors' outfits. That's glorious, by the way, that he had the the yeah bravery right to do that. He to wear that cap that, that ships that hat you know that little yeah. sailing cap. And she loved him regardless. I know she did. She <laughs> did. Well, guys, we are back with the food segment. Oh, yes, indeed. It's all about chocolate today because it's Valentine's Day, or it will be in a couple of days. And um, uh, personally, I think no Valentine's Day is complete without a heavy dose of chocolate. (laughs) A heavy dose of chocolate. You got to get it in one form or another. Mm -hmm, That's true. We have a a fabulous recipe to share with you today. We also have a a little shortcut, just I need a chocolate fix right now recipe. (laughs) That's a lot. Well, the first one's not complicated. The second one is just embarrassingly easy. And then we're going to wrap it up with a chocolate martini. That's all I really need. I like chocolate martini. (laughs) Just a chocolate martini. I love it. I love it. Hey, let's start out with one of my favorite recipes. This is is to die for. Um, Molten lava chocolate cakes. You can do these, Nick, in those little ramekin dishes, those little round dishes, those little ones right here. You can use like a little souffle dish or a custard, just some little, you know, little, little tiny bowl there. What you're going to do is you're going to use about two tablespoons of butter to grease the inside of six of these little ramekin dishes. They need to be anywhere between eight and 10 ounces size, right? You just just grease them a little bit so that the, uh, so that the lava cake does not stick. And then what you're going to do is place the ramekins in a baking pan, okay? Just set them in the baking pan and set them aside. Now, in a heavy uh, heavy based or heavy weighted small saucepan, you're gonna combine eight ounces of dark chocolate and three-fourths of a cup of butter. You're gonna cook and stir it over low heat until the chocolate melts. Resist the urge to scoop it into your mouth because that's what I usually do. <laughs> Remove it from the from the heat and set it aside. Now, in a large mixing bowl, you're going to beat three eggs with three egg yolks. Got that? Okay. One third cup of granulated sugar and one teaspoon of vanilla. Beat it with an electric mixer on high speed for about eight to ten minutes or until it's nice and thick. Now, we're going to have a little Valentine's mingling going on here between the chocolate mixture and the egg mixture. You got it? Okay, so you're going to fold uh, one third of the chocolate mixture into the egg mixture. Then you're going to fold the remaining chocolate mixture and one tablespoon of flour into the egg mixture, okay? Just kind of fold it carefully till it's combined. You're gonna spoon about two thirds cup of batter into each of the prepared dishes, the little ramekins, right? Just divide it up evenly. 
you're going to bake it in the oven at 425 degrees for about 12 minutes or until the cake edges feel a little bit firm. Cool the ramekins for about two to three minutes and then use a knife to kind of go around the inside and loosen the cake from the sides. You then want to invert it onto a little dessert plate, okay? It'll be warm. Sift a little powdered sugar over it just to make it pretty. Maybe put a few little raspberries on the side. Hello. You don't even need a boyfriend if you have this. This is all you need. (laughs) And then if you you want to be worth your weight, you need to go ahead and do this now. Just saying. You absolutely Because now you know your wife's heard about it. And if you don't make it, she's going to be mad. Oh, I just love it. Okay, what's better than chocolate molten cake? Now, that was not a difficult recipe, but if you want something super simple, chocolatey, warm, decadent, kind of romantic, how about fondue? for two. Ooh, fun. It's easy. Listen, there's nothing to this, guys. You need one uh, one bag of Ghirardelli dark chocolate morsels or whatever the brand of your choice is, right? It's typically about a, a 10 or 12 ounce bag. You're going to also need one cup of heavy, heavy whipping cream. That's it. That's all? That's it. So warm the cream in a double boiler or you can just use a glass bowl set over a saucepan of simmering water, right? Warm the cream, add the chocolate morsels and stir until they're melted. They'll get kind of smooth and glossy in about two to two to three minutes, right? Transfer the chocolate to a small serving bowl, all right? You can use a fondue pot or a little crock pot or just a, just a bowl, right? And just serve it with your favorite dippable things. Mm, strawberries? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Strawberries, pretzels, marshmallows, you know. All of the above Your things. finger, <laughs> my spoon. Maybe not do the finger right once it comes out. No, no, no. Wait Let it cool bit. down. Right. <laughs> Let it cool down just a little bit. <laughs> and, then, and then the best part is you then you feed your significant other yes, you with do. whatever. And right? there you go. You totally that's exactly what you it's, it's decadent it and delicious. Yes. Okay, guys. So if the chocolate desserts aren't enough, or if that's not really what you fancy on Valentine's Day, if it's really just all about the alcohol, <laughs> I've got a solution. How about a chocolate martini? Hello. Oh, these are so amazing. I've had these before. I love them. I'm going to teach you how to make one, okay? Now, of course, if you with your significant other, you've got to make two. Oh, yes. What you're going to do is you are going to need to rim a cocktail glass, like a martini glass, rim it with a little cocoa. Just put a little cocoa on a plate and turn it upside down. Maybe wet wet the rim of Mm -hmm. the glass, dip it into the cocoa, okay? Then what you're going to do is into a cocktail shaker that is filled with ice. You're going to add simply two ounces of vodka and one and a half ounces of of, uh, one and a half ounces of creme de cacao or some other other chocolate liqueur, okay? That's all you got to do. Shake it vigorously. You want it Mm -hmm. nice and cold. Strain it into the prepared glass. If you want to be really super fun, garnish it with a little chocolate candy or something on the edge of the glass. Oh, yeah. That's that. That's it? it was really, that's all there is to what? it. What? It's chocolate and alcohol. Perfect. It's basically the perfect drink. Amazing. <laughs> now, you can experiment with different vodkas, but, you know, just the, the, the vodka, the vodka <laughs> of your choice. Yes. It's really, and, and good cocoa. That's really all you need. The good cocoa. Mm. That's important. That's important. Guys, I hope that y'all have the most amazing Valentine's Day. I hope that it's special whoever you're spending it with. And uh, if you're spending it with yourself, then by all means, love starts with self. That's what I think. And you can still enjoy the chocolate martini. <laughs> We're so happy we you are here. We hope it's a great week for you and we'll see you back here next week on the Southern Sisters Radio Show. 